Welcome to Zero Broke Girls. I'm Jules. And I'm Joe. We started Zero Broke Girls as a way to empower women to take control of their money. We think the first step is to simply start talking about it. So that's what we're going to do. We're so grateful you've joined us for this week's episode. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining us today for our conversation with Erlenda. Erlenda is a budget coach and her mission is to empower and uplift women of color to explode with confidence in their personal finances. Orlenda has an amazing story. She came to the United States as an undocumented immigrant when she was 10 and didn't speak any English. Thanks to DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, Orlenda was able to start working in the United States after she graduated. She soon found herself in quite a lot of debt, 15 max out credit cards to be exact. She decided enough was enough and is completely taking control of her financial situation. She's been so open on social media about her debt journey and is now helping other women let go of their past money mistakes and crush their financial goals. In this episode, she shares the strategies that helped her pay off her debt and talks about how she stays on top of her budget without being too restrictive. We're sure that you'll find Orlando's story as inspiring as we do. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, we are so excited to have you. Thanks for being with us. So to start, can you just give us a little bit of background about yourself? And uh, we know you have a pretty inspiring story. Can you share that with us? Yeah, I am originally from Guatemala and I came to the U.S. when I was 10 years old. Our years of school in Guatemala end in October, so I had just finished my fifth grade, and I came to the U.S., and I had to take fifth grade again the second semester, so within three weeks of coming to the U.S., I started school, and I vividly remember being in the back of a classroom with a TA and teaching me how to say red just, you know, the colors, cat and dog, while everyone else was learning the content. Did you speak English when you came to the United States? No, I knew, I think, one to three and maybe two other words. I didn't even know how to say hello. I remember, yes, I remember trying to communicate with my teacher and I just couldn't. Fast forward to high school. In 11th grade, we started talking about college in advisory and getting prepared to apply in senior year and getting ready to apply for FAFSA. I remember going home and being so excited and talking to my parents about it. My dad, at that time, he told me, you know, Orlinda, um, College is very expensive and we won't be able to afford that uh, and send you. So that was heartbreaking for me because I remember all my friends being excited to go to college and having the college experience and I wasn't going to be able to do that. That led me to really do my research and seeing how I can go to college without my parents' help. I started seeing what scholarships I could apply to. So I had done that. When I went to senior, the first semester was about 
applying to colleges. When I was doing that, I didn't run into any problems. And it wasn't until senior year, spring semester, when I came across a shocking news. My advisor had asked me, what is your social? When I was putting it into my FAFSA application, I didn't have one. I knew I was undocumented, but I didn't know how that was going to affect me in the future. And this was the first time that I ran into this. I remember going home to my mom and I said, okay, can someone explain to me, please, what this means exactly? I learned that I couldn't apply to FAFSA. The homework I had done had helped me at that point to see, okay, well, the scholarships I can apply to that don't require social security numbers are these, and I applied to those. Um, So I remember getting three scholarships that paid for my college degree and graduating. So I graduated without debt. So you were able to get scholarships and all of that without a social. That's amazing. That is amazing. So it's just specific ones. Yes, they're very small. And also the very main one and big one that covered a lot of my expenses was a grant from my high school that they applied. And this is why I'm very excited to talk about my story. Students like me will run into these hardships, I would say. They don't know how to navigate. And if they don't have the right people, they will most likely uh, finish high school and not apply to colleges because they are discouraged. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember like how you were feeling going through all this? I felt lost. I didn't really have anyone to guide me. Instead, I had a counselor who told me I couldn't apply to the scholarship the school was providing because my parents did not pay taxes. And so the information I had that I'm so glad my parents shared with me was they had an I-10 number, which is a number that is given to people who don't have social security numbers so they can file taxes. So ever since my parents came here, they started uh, doing their taxes as soon as they started working. So they had been doing their taxes and that saved me. If my parents had not done taxes, I wouldn't have been able to apply. Well, I can't even imagine how much like stigma and false assumptions you've probably had to deal with throughout this process. And at that age, you don't really talk about it with friends, right? Later, 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 when I graduated from college, I reconnected with a friend who ended up also being undocumented at the time that we were in high school. Wow. We could have, if we had talked about it. Supported each other and helped each other. Supported each other throughout the way. But are things that we don't really think about? I didn't know what that exactly meant. Neither did my parents because they had not gone through, you know, the school system. They didn't know the steps. They didn't know what to say. And uh, thankfully, I knew pieces of information that slowly led me to uh, getting my college degree. And I kept going in college, not knowing that I could work later on. I, I just kept going. I said, there, something might happen. We don't know how politics will look like. Sure enough, Obama passed the DACA 
that's how I was able to get my residency afterwards and be able to work. You know, it's just not giving up and keep going. Laws change all the time and we never know, but we must be prepared. Wow, it's such an incredible story. It's so amazing that you're willing to share it because I think there are so many people that can really benefit from hearing that. Yeah. You're pretty young when you're when you're looking to go to college. Yeah. There's a lot about everything that is stressful and, you know, that causes anxiety. I can't even imagine having that additional piece. Do you remember talking about money with your parents at all or growing up? Did you have experiences you can remember that relates to money? Yeah. My dad would always give me and my sisters money, like cash, so we could save. He wanted us to be able to hold the money, be able to be able to use it. Whenever we went to the store and we wanted a drink or chips, then we would pay with our own money and he would see us do that transaction. So uh, I think that was very helpful. I also remember my mom, when I turned 18, she took me to a bank so I can get my first credit card. At the time, I didn't have a social security number, but I was able to get a secured credit card. This is where everything started, where the advice I got was I needed credit cards to build credit. And I was even taken to a bank to apply for one. But what the, I didn't get was how to pay them back. So here I was applying to a lot of credit cards and I ended up with 15 max out credit cards. We talk about this a lot on the credit card side where, I mean, I remember when I was in university, you could literally get a credit card anywhere on campus. Like you get a free yeah. t-shirt if you sign up for a credit card, you get a $5 Starbucks gift card if you sign up for a credit card. And I mean, the, everything's on the, you know, the fine print of the form, but nobody reads it. You want the t-shirt or you want the hundred dollars, whatever. And it's one of the things that's so shocking to us is that first of all, the, the financial institutions are even allowed to do this because the assumption that everybody knows what they're getting into and understands how the interest rates work and, you know, understands how to manage their credit at such a young age is not a fair assumption. Um, but it's something that can so significantly impact your financial well-being in the long term. So and it's really just, common. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's so common and nobody talks about it. And nobody so, talks about it. Yeah. And I mean, that's yeah. one of the things that actually drew us to, to you when we initially reached out was because you are so vocal on social media about your journey with debt. Can you tell us a little bit about when you started talking about it and why you decided to kind of take your journey more, more public on social media? Yes. It was hard for me to make that first step. And it is, it continues to be, I had to work through some thoughts first before going into my stories or posting a reel on my Instagram. But when I first started was when my husband proposed to me in 2017. My idea was I want a destination wedding. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm, I really want this. Something I immediately knew is I don't want to go into debt 
I, I knew that was true. I wanted to be responsible. What we ended up doing was doing our engagement for two years and focusing our first year on getting new jobs that would pay us around 30K more. So it would be like a high jump to be able to afford the the wedding. And we we did, we both got jobs during that one year that we concentrated on doing that, um, increasing our income. Then we focused on the nine months after we got our jobs and we saved $40,000 towards our wedding. And I didn't go all out on everything. I definitely knew the things I wanted to spend more on and things that I, I knew I I I shouldn't like shoes. Nobody's going to see my shoes. So my shoes were like $35, you know, totally. little things like that. That's what I did for my wedding too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's well, I ended smart. up wearing bare feet, so... <laughs> Even even better. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, so I ended up saving $40,000 uh, with my husband. That gate fueled me. I had already paid a little bit of debt. It just built so much momentum that when we came back from the wedding, I was focused on paying debt and I'm down to being almost done at 7,000, I think around $7,000. So I project that I'll be done in May, but that's when I knew, okay, I have something here. I have a story and people need to hear that it is possible. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's why I decided to go on social media and just start sharing people. There someone out there needs to hear my story to give their first step. And that's what led me to sharing my journey. I love that. You had the savings goal. You made it. You're like, oh my goodness, look at how much I've saved in this time. Mm-hmm. You felt inspired to then pay off all your debt and go on the journey. And so now you're inspiring other people to do the same thing. I think it's amazing. So what would you say the hardest part of the journey has been so far? I think the hardest part was definitely starting, giving that first step, because I can't tell you enough how many times I started and gave up. I ended up maxing out my credit cards over and over again after I had already paid them down. I didn't really know what was happening. I didn't know how to move forward. I didn't know what was not, what, what was going on. Um, it really took a lot of trial and error and see what was going to work, uh, for me. And I started researching. I spent a lot of time on YouTube. I started reading and I ended up coming across the snowball method. I'm like, huh, okay, well, I can give this a try that ended up working for me instead of the avalanche method. Can you explain what the snowball and avalanche methods are? Yes. So the snowball method, you start paying off, you list all of your debt, the debt that is the lowest to the highest, and you start paying off your lowest debt first. Regardless of interest. 
regardless of interest. And you keep going and repeat and repeat until you're uh, done paying your debt. Now, the avalanche is the opposite where you list all of your debts with your highest interest first and you start attacking your highest interest debt. Mathematically, that's that will save you a lot of money, right? Right. But for me, it's very important to see small wins to keep going. If I continue to done the avalanche method, paying this big credit card and I don't see moving forward, then I would have kept giving up and giving up. When I came across a snowball method, that's what worked for me. You know, the mind work just was not there. I wasn't disciplined enough. So if you're someone that is disciplined, the avalanche method will save you money and will get your results. If you can stick to it. If you can stick to it, yeah. It's interesting how, like, even though some things can be so mathematically correct, if your mind just can't get there, your mind just can't get there. And you'll continue to, like myself, um, give up and give up and give up. At the end of the day, you know, what may work for me may not work for you. And what works for you may not work for me. So finding the right balance, you know, of paying off your debt will definitely be key. How has your mindset shifted from when you started to where you are now? in terms of being almost done paying off your debt, and now you're helping other women do the same thing. How has that journey been from a mindset perspective? Oh my goodness. It has been a game changer of identifying what goes on in your head and working around it. I am a lot kinder to myself if I make mistakes because up until this point, that I've paid and I saved a lot, I still make mistakes. But being kind to myself helps me keep going. Can you give an example of that? Because I just think it's so important what you're saying. And I some people may not be able to visualize what that means. Yeah. Some of the thoughts that creep in uh, sometimes are, oh, I should have started a long time ago. Or how did I get here? Why did I make these mistakes? And the past is the past. That is gone. We're not going to repeat that in our heads. But being kinder to yourself, it's okay. I didn't know what I didn't know. How could you know something? Otherwise, you have a, you would have applied that a long time ago. Right. And being accepting of what happened and where you are now and just moving forward. That is that is what this journey is about. Let's not look at the past. Let's look at the future and let's keep going. Being kinder to ourselves in that way will give us that freedom and will liberate us from the past and the shame that we might feel around debt. Yeah, because it takes a long time to pay off debt. It's not something you can just snap your fingers and do so I think it's natural for people to not keep going you might be really motivated at first to pay it off and then it's taking so long and then you slip up a little bit of a cycle and then sometimes I think people when they get in that cycle tend to just maybe ignore it then after because it's, it's too hard so I think it's really important to 
be understanding with yourself and not too hard on yourself. At any point, yeah, in their journey, uh, being kind to yourself will definitely help you get out of that mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other one that I wanted to share was being disciplined, but also allowing my budget to say yes to the things that I enjoy. Yes, having balance. I love traveling. Girl after her own heart. Do you too? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, it is so amazing and I miss it. I miss it so much. Yes, so do we. Yeah, but having a balance uh, really is so helpful to making it this far. I, if I would be so you know, discipline, but I wouldn't give myself the liberty to enjoy also part of my money. I don't think I would be where I am now if I didn't allow my budget to say yes to the things that I enjoyed. The mindset definitely changed from the beginning of being like, okay, I have to pay this super quick. And then quitting and quitting and quitting because I wasn't allowing myself to have fun and go out with friends. Then I think that that was the reason why I kept quitting I would just max out my credit card again because I would go and miss friends or miss traveling but changing that mindset and finding a balance in my budget really has helped me a lot yeah I think it's so much easier to stick to it if you understand what your goals are and your priorities are and you're spending in line with that and making room for that otherwise how could you ever stick with it if you're if you're saying no to everything it's so restrictive then of course you're going to eventually just like, okay, I've had enough of this restrictiveness. I'm just going to go on this huge trip and blow my budget completely. Whereas if you can be disciplined and plan for that, then you're going to come back from it, still be motivated, still see the wins and be able to keep going. Well, it's kind of like dieting. If you don't allow for what you want to do in your life, as soon as you're done paying off that debt and you go back, you're just going to get more debt because you haven't figured out how to live in balance, which is a problem for everybody these days. Yeah. Yeah. And like you mentioned, is getting out of debt, it's not going to happen quick. So you're in it for the long run and being restrictive will not take you far. No. I'm interested in this only because you mentioned, uh, you know, your wedding and how that was um, kind of a motivator before. And given where you are in your journey, you've obviously been going through it during your marriage and before. To what extent do you tackle this with your husband? Yes, I started budgeting by myself first before we got married. And I started seeing the results, even though I kept quitting or giving up, I knew I was up to something. And I once I knew that it was working for me, how to budget or how to put a list and follow it, I knew that my steps were not perfect. And I knew that it would take me some time to figure out what was going to work for me, but I was up to something. So I started having the conversations with my husband, boyfriend at the time, He, we would talk and I would have these conversations with him of what I was learning. And as I was learning, I was also in a way teaching him of how to budget 
and it was a process and he was not really into it. He didn't have kind of an allowance growing up either. He had started working at the 18 and wasn't really giving his money direction. And so it took us some time to get to a point where he would be very happily to get onto his computer and look at his finances. But we got there. I now have times when he comes to me and says, so are we going to look at finances on Saturday? Like, wait, that's a question I should be asking you. (laughs) So the tables have turned. Um, But but it did take some time and he feels a lot less stressed too when his budget is structured. We love to talk about money and relationships. It's just so interesting how we as women carry so much stress about money. And often early on in relationships, we don't feel comfortable to talk about it. Some people don't talk about it for a long time, but it's quite common that the other person could be just as stressed. So I think that's amazing that you guys were able to kind of tackle that slowly. Learn together. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's kind of what we're doing here, right? Talking about it, you can learn so much just by being open and chatting about it. So I think it's super important to do that in relationships. So like Joe said, you're now actively helping other women take control of their debt. Can you talk a little bit more about what you are working on these days? Yes. I, it's so important for me to continue sharing my journey. So my Instagram is really about sharing my journey and educating and empowering and uplifting a woman of color, women who kind of like myself 10 years ago, five years ago. I work with people through one-on-one coaching and, you know, I help them start their budgets and of course, we talk about numbers, but something that is very important for me is to talk about the mindset. I think that we can talk a lot about numbers, but if we're, are, if we're not working through our thoughts, then we can know the numbers, but not get there. And identifying their why, because I can't tell you how many times my brain told me I couldn't do it and it wasn't possible and I wouldn't be able to achieve it to a point where I started believing it was part of my identity. Like, I'm just going to get old and this debt is going to follow me. And I don't know how long that's going to take me to pay it off. And so I really want women who come across my page to know that they are able to free themselves of those thoughts. They are able to, if they think that they can't do it, that they definitely can. And sharing part of my journey is hopefully giving a lot of women hope that they can also be able to budget and take themselves out of debt or start saving for their emergency fund or that wedding that they want, anything that they think it's not possible that it totally can. Identifying their why will, when they start embarking in this journey, get them back to that place of the reason why they have started 
so that they can remember their goals and dreams. I, whenever I work with my clients, I always ask them to think about their fun goals, their, their dreams. Yes, paying off $30,000 is a goal, but what does that mean once you achieve it? Will you be able to travel more? What is it? Will you own a home? And those whys will really get you going. Because I knew I wanted to get out of debt. I knew my number, but that was not motivating me. And so when I work with my clients, I really ask them about what their goals and dreams are. And for them to be also independent while I'm gone. So working on something that works for them, uh, putting a budget that works for them and putting real numbers on the table is also very important to me. Joan and I talk about this all the time because I think starting with just a budget, you're never going to be as successful as if you start with your why. Why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. And you keep going back to that to help you stay inspired and stay on your path. Okay, you go back to your why. Like we said before, it takes so much time that if you don't have your why and your fun goals and your dreams at the base of it, driving it, then at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of numbers and that's not that inspiring for people. What is the most common thing you hear from the women you work with as you're going through this process with them? Yes, I keep on hearing myself (laughs) through these women that come to me. They lose hope, they feel lost, and they're unhappy where they currently are. And that is so true. What we don't think about is that budgeting and learning how to manage your money is deeper than paying your debt. It's We go back to being deeper than numbers. Because a budget will bring you peace, excitement, stability, confidence. You'll feel less stress. You'll be happier. You'll feel free. And so that's what I really try to explain to the clients I work with is that what you're feeling has a lot to do with your personal finances. And you don't have to be debt-free to start experiencing happiness, freedom, peace, excitement. When you have a plan and you know when you'll achieve it by, you know you're on the right path. That's so important. I think so many people think about the end state. And if they're not seeing that end result, it's so easy to get demotivated and kind of pull back. But I think it's really incredible that you're helping women see kind of the empowerment and the momentum of those small things to keep them moving forward. Um, I'm interested with the women you talk to, do you often find that they don't talk to a lot of other people about their money? Like, is it something that when they come to you, it's a very personal um, kind of support that they're looking for? Yes, they sometimes come to me also and feel shame to talk about their numbers. Even with you? 
even with me. And sometimes when we have clarity calls, they talk about their situations and not really say the number or say things like, okay, I'm going to tell you it's this number. And so you can really sense that they are definitely monitoring their their words or really think about the words that they use once they start talking about money in that sense. Yeah, and this is something that we we talk about a lot in terms of trying to kind of get to for different people the root of that why mm-hmm. people have such a hard time sharing that when we talk about dating and all kinds of things with a lot of people we probably shouldn't um but for some reason so many women specifically don't feel comfortable talking about money and i find it really interesting that even with you who they work with specifically on their money they would even feel that as well i think that's very telling mm-hmm. i was not ready for that i know and i always have to reassure them this is a safe space and you can talk about your numbers here and that's why i also talk about my numbers on my social media so people feel that they can talk about it. it exactly yeah so what would be your advice so or what would you say to a woman who is starting about you know starting to think about debt that they might have starting to think about tackling that debt what advice would you give them I have two amazing perfect we'll take them both <laughs> one is ask questions the people who are finding me are already following a lot of finance accounts on social media. I would give the advice of asking questions. We are here on this platform to bring awareness and to start conversations. The second one is know that you're not the only one. In the beginning, it's shameful to start the conversations and start talking about money and start seeking out help. But you will find that once you start embarking on this debt-free journey, you might inspire a friend. You will inspire a family member by just you giving your first step. So give that first step. You don't know who is watching and it's just a domino effect. Other people will follow and you will inspire other people. It's so important. Those are both amazing pieces of advice. And I love the domino thing. As you started sharing your experience with debt, did you have other people in your family or your friends that started coming to you with their stories that you had no idea, you know, people were going through the same thing as you until you started talking about it? Oh, yes, absolutely. I have helped friends who didn't feel like they can talk to me about their personal finances. First of all, they didn't know I was, I knew as much as I knew. They started asking me what steps they can take. Now I receive text messages and they say, oh, I did this. And I say this much. Oh, I did that. But definitely family and friends are more open to asking questions or asking for for advice on what they can do. It's amazing. And simply because I created this platform and I'm talking about it, 
more and I'm talking about my journey, they feel that it's a safe space. I love that. I don't know any of my friends' status on debt or if they have credit card debt or how much. Girls I lived with for years during university. And one of the reasons when we started this that we were so interested is like, even in our own lives, we don't talk about money. Like, yeah, at a high level, sure, we talk about really general things. And so I think it's really cool that people are now coming to you and having that conversation and you were able to start that dialogue for the people in your circle. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a lot of experiences with money over the course of your life. What is one thing or multiple things that you wish you knew earlier about money? And I know we touched on the credit cards before. Is there anything else that comes to mind? What is helping me now? Because even though I have paid debt and I know what works for me, I still make mistakes. And it's putting money into perspective of, okay, I want to buy a couch or I want to buy makeup, something like that putting money into perspective of how many hours it will take me to pay that up or be able to afford it. And when I put it into perspective in that way, I immediately either go for it. I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I can afford this. Or two, I don't think it's worth it. And that has stopped me from buying a lot of unnecessary things. And if I would have done this exercise back when I started working, I don't think I would have been in this much debt. Yeah, it's so true. I I like doing that too. You kind of look at it and you say, is that worth two weeks of me working eight hours a day to buy? Mm, Exactly. No. Or is it worth two weeks? Absolutely would work four weeks for that rather than how much is it cost it's so interesting too because we all like different things like we all place value on different things we all want different things so to some people like we may all three of us look at the same item and be like we may make the exact same amount of money and two or three of us may say no way and the other one might be like this is I would work a year for this yeah it goes back to the why right what's your why and is this in line with absolutely your dreams. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. No, thank you for the invitation. I personally had goosebumps like five times. Yeah, your story is just, it's so inspiring. I think so many people can just feel motivated by it. And it's amazing that you're being so open and normalizing some of the conversations. I think it's, we need to do that. We need to be talking about so many more things and definitely money is one of them. So. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. It's amazing. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe and join us every Tuesday for a money date wherever you listen to your podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Zero Broke Girls for details on upcoming episodes, how to find our guests, and more. As always, if anything you hear sparks something you'd like to talk or learn about, let us know. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us. We can't wait to chat next week.